a Think Live B production. Hello. Hello. How was your day today? <laughs> it was very good. How was your day today? How was your day today? How was your day today? <laughs> Let me just warn all of our listeners right now. Can you hear this? Mm, I don't know if they can hear it, but I can hear it. No. Oh, now I can. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to turn it back down. Okay. I'm currently on hold uh-huh. with customer service. At the moment, I'm not going to tell you who it is. Okay. We'll we'll get back to it. I know who it is. Well, yeah. I know, but I mean, I'm not going to tell the listeners. Okay. I'm I'm turning how down. Long, how long have you been on hold? Okay. So currently, I'm at 27 minutes. Okay. Now, I did- And they put you onto the priority line, right? <laughs> right. So I'm on the a... priority line. Okay. I'm waiting for customer service. So I can't hang up. We got to record this podcast. Right. And I will explain a little bit more in detail at the end of this episode. And we'll also see if anyone ever picks up. Yeah. So if somebody does pick up, we're going to go, oh, we got to go to break. Got to go to break. If, if we immediately cut off, it's because somebody picked up the phone. Yeah. So it's going to just be quietly sitting down here in the corner every now and then. You might hear it say, all of our agents are currently busy with other customers. Right. I would say you've been on the priority line and on hold for 20, almost 30 minutes. Fix your system. No one's coming. No well, one's coming to the priority no, line. I mean, if, everybody, if there's that many people on the line who need help, then you've got some issues. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so that sounds fun. This is going to be a fun experiment because if nobody answers, yeah, we're, they, gonna we're get, going to be on hold. They're going to get called out, right? And it's going to be an hour. And then it'll be on the podcast. Because our average gonna, podcast time is about an hour. Yeah. And yeah, then I'm going to call them out. Okay. Sounds um, good. And it'll be fun. <laughs> All right. And if they do answer, thank God, because I've been trying to reach them yeah. for like over a month. They have also been trying to reach me. And every time I call back, I get put on this line of like right, waiting. Right, so you don't if you don't answer the phone right when they call. Well, no one answers, and then you get like put on hold. Right, and then no, I mean when they were trying to reach you. Oh right, I'm a busy realtor. Yeah, right. Like they should know this. Yeah, calling in the <laughs> middle of a work day. Yeah. Anyways, oh there we go. <laughs> we're still on hold. Okay. Um, Welcome, we to, were- <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> welcome to our podcast. It's called Seeking the Best. At some point, I might have to hang up because I do find it a little bit distracting. But this is our podcast it's called Seeking the Best. And we started this podcast because we like to be the best we can be and try to figure out better ways to do things and and constantly look for self-improvement, right? What's the, what's the point of just being average? So anyways... I'm Catherine Stelges. <laughs> That's the opening. That's the opening. And I own a team here in Orlando, Florida, a real estate team that is. You're listening to a real estate podcast. We also talk about a bunch of other stuff too. But uh, across from me is Patrick Patika. Hello. He is our sound engineer, producer extraordinaire, photographer, videographer, housekeeper, husband. Housekeeper? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he does a lot of things. And I love him and appreciate I'm, him. Yeah, I'm a I'm a designer, yeah, yeah, and a creative consultant, <laughs> an artist. Um, 
Anyways, we started last week. So I have been rereading the MRA book, also known as the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book. And I thought it would be fun to sort of do like a book club mm. of kind of going through it. I've read it many times and it always means something a little bit different when you go back and you read a book, especially a book like this, where it's it's not like... um. It's not a fictional book. This is a business book with models and systems for how to make your business successful. And so every time I go back, I'm at a different place in my business and it gives, and I have a different perspective. So I'm rereading it. And we talked last week about the kind of the first section of the book. And then this week, um, I promised that we would talk about the next section, which is the nine ways to think like a millionaire real estate agent or nine ways to think like an MREA. And I reread this section and I had so many notes because like I said last week, I think one of the biggest parts of being successful in this career and in probably any kind of business ownership is, is having a big mindset uh, or having a, 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 an open mindset like that you're, what to, am I trying to say? <laughs> it's the end of the day, guys. To be successful, you have to think big. You have to think big. You have to have this is what I was trying to big say. goals. You have to have big goals, but you have to, <laughs> sorry, this thing, um, let me turn it down just a little bit more. Okay. So, but it is like, and you don't realize even what that means. Like, what does thinking big mean? How do you know what big is when you're first getting started? You yeah. don't really know what the possibilities are. Yeah. Oftentimes you've gotten your real estate license and you think, um, oh, I'm going to have all this freedom and flexibility and like you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Well, and don't know. <laughs> or maybe the right reasons, but you don't really know how to apply and what that really means. We well, don't know what the job is. Right. You don't know what the job is because it's like, how many times do you meet a brand new agent who's like, I really love houses and showing houses and helping people. And it's like, well, your job is basically you're going to be on the phone calling people that are going to hang up on you. Yeah. That's your job. So the I, the idea that you're going to be walking through $2 million homes and bake and, and doing these open houses where people come in and you get to wear nice clothes. And is that a part of it? Sure. It is a very small part of it. And you have to do the other stuff in order to get there to do those things. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, so yeah. So it's hard for people to think big when you're just starting because you don't even really know what the career is and what your possibilities are or any of those things. You know what I mean? 100%. Um, I definitely had no idea yeah. what I was getting into. Um, and I, and I was, I was young. Like I do think, and they say this in the book, like real estate first, a lot of, a lot of times real estate is a second career for people. Mm. And so that's maybe a blessing or a curse. I don't know. But for me, I was straight out of college and you um, never had like a I didn't have professional a, a real professional job. job. So I certainly had no idea what it took to start in my own business or to even work in a professional working environment. Yeah. And so but anyways, what they talk about in the first a lot of the first part of the book is is mindset thinking big. And so they talk about the nine ways that to think like a millionaire real estate agent. And so again, I've read this a long time ago and now coming back to it um, 17 years later, I feel like I finally understand. Yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, I, I've understood I've understood it every time, but each time 
the the thinking big gets even bigger, which is why I think it's important to read it every mm-hmm. year is to stretch yourself and expand your goals. Do you think that that is maybe because every year you have a better understanding of of what it takes to achieve your goals, mm-hmm. what it takes to achieve goals, and, and also like what possibilities are out there like like the like you might not know exactly the path or you might not know if you have what it takes to take the path but you at least know what the path is or where you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. you know that there's a path there to get to those big ideas whereas when you're newer and you don't have the experience you just don't want to fall into a hole tomorrow yeah (laughs) like that's your like it's hard to do big goal planning and big big ideas when you just don't want to crash and burn yeah yeah so the i'm gonna go through the the nine ways to think like an mrea as outlined in the book and then just sort of i guess you know just some thoughts about it now that i have had experience along the way and and it just means different things um the first one is actually i think the biggest one and the hardest one but we're going to start out with that one <laughs> because it's number one in the book, eat first that fr- of all. Eat that frog. And eat that frog. Uh, it's think powered by a big Y. That's W-H-Y. Mm-hmm. Think powered by a big Y. And so do you know what that means? Because I hear it all the time. Well, I mean, if I'm if I'm using context clues <sighs> and stuff, what is it again? Think powered by a big Y. So uh, what I kind of always talk about is that, is looking at things through a lens or through colored glasses, that that's every decision and everything that you're doing, you have to have one big reason behind why you're doing this. Mm-hmm. And then all of your decision making is filtered through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, was that what you're talking about? Yeah, pretty much. Hey, good job. Nailed it. <laughs> so this is one of those things... and. Again, because I'm in the industry and I'm very much enveloped in Keller Williams, I hear those two words all the time to a point where it's almost like overplayed. Loses meaning. Well, it's not. I Becomes don't know that cliche. It, it's just a saying. Excuse me. I ate some nuts before we started doing this and I've got a little peanut dust. <laughs> um, but it's it's not that it's cliche. But you hear it all the time, and so it's like this expectation that everybody should have this. Mm. And I think most people don't. I think if you really ask, like, what's your big motivation? Most people are like, well, I want to, like, let's say I want to buy a new car this year. Well, that's a small why. That's a small thing that is really easy to accomplish, actually. Yeah. What about intangible things? Like, sometimes people say stuff like, "I, I want to feel secure and make enough money to be able to spend time with my family. That's a or, big why. That's a big why. But it's also pretty vague. That's like what a I mean. lot of times people will say, my kids. Right. What does that mean? Yeah. Like I think it has to it has to um I don't know. I I, I still struggle with it. Mm-hmm. And and I hear this is my biggest pet peeve though, when you go to like a conference and people ask the question to whoever either the panelist or the speaker they're like what's your big why and it's like first of all that's so personal like what a personal question to ask like none of your business yeah (laughs) none of your business why i do this you know 
I'm just, I'm exaggerating, but it's just like, it is such a personal thing and it's so different. And I think the reason people ask that question is because they don't know one for themselves and they're trying to grasp so like, what does this mean? Yeah. Well, How do I get there? Can I, is, is it, does it really matter? And here, here's my point is, is this, it's a thought experiment to keep you thinking. Nobody expects what your big why is to stay your big why next week, next year, 10 years from now. It's always changing and evolving. But isn't the goal of the big why just to be as like a, like a, it's, it's for you to think about it and try to come up with something. It's not like, oh, well, that's not right or that's not good enough or I don't know what it is. But just to be thinking about it, just to look at your decisions through the lens of... So I think you you understand it better than most people do. Yeah. Because I think people do think there's supposed to be this like specific one thing that I can always go to and say, this is my, this isn't it, this is it, this is my big why. And I think you're right. I think it is really more of a thought experiment that you're supposed to like always revisit. It's what drives you. It's what motivates you. And that yeah. changes over time. Yeah, always. And so he talks about it's just to oh, always I shouldn't say he this was written by more than one person just but to always ha- just to always have it in your head there there's lots of reasons to do that for there's lots there's lots of thought experiments that we're not looking for an actual answer we're just looking for a conversation with yourself to kind of so as i was taking notes mm-hmm. re- rereading the book and taking notes um w- well I wrote down what truly motivates you. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote down like a whole bunch of stuff. And all of it is bigger things that I think if I kind of combine them all together, it is this why, what drives me, what mm-hmm. makes me want to wake up in the morning and do things that I don't necessarily enjoy doing and, and some things I do. And the, the point though is because having that, gets you through those difficult days yeah and having a big one is the only thing that can give you really big energy and big focus if you have like a small why like my my goal is just i keep going back to this example i want to buy buy a new car. car yeah it's it's so small and easy to accomplish that you could actually accomplish that and then and then what right and then what are you doing tomorrow like you're like oh well i did it and, and so they talk about, and there's actually a book with the title, I believe, called Good is the Enemy of Great. Mm-hmm. Which we say all the time. And because I, I think it's so true. Like, I've even been guilty of that myself you where see, you get into a place where you're like, like, I'm happy. Comfortable. I'm comfortable. You see a lot with buyer's agents who, you know, just want to make those sales. Just the, I've got no experience. I just want to, I just want to get those, get figure out what I'm doing and get some sales under my belt. And then all of a sudden, you know, they, they do 20 sales or 25 sales and it's like, I'm good. And it's like, but I thought your goal was 40. And then they're like, but this is a lot of money. You well, know, and I've like, talked so with people before that, like you work to fulfill, let's say that next big vacation. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you get there and you're happy and you go on your vacation and yeah, and that's good. That's good. That's good enough. Like it feels good. Well, but what, what we talked about last week is you never actually know what your potential is. Right. And so why wouldn't you set a really big goal and then try to reach that instead of saying, I'm just going to buy a new car this year. If I could just do that, that would be great. Right. And it's like, well, what would be great is if you could 
you know, pay all cash for that car. Or if you could have, uh, you know, five houses and 10 houses, like, why are you not thinking bigger than this one thing? Right. And, and, and that, that's just a monetary goal. Like you, like I want to go on pay for my, I want my, to be able to go on a vacation. Well, wouldn't it be nice to go on a vacation and not have to worry about clients because there are other people taking care of them? Wouldn't it be nice to be able to go on a one month vacation or a three month vacation? Wouldn't it be nice to not have any clients at all? And have other people do like, and I don't know uh, everybody, like I said, everybody is different, but there is a lot more to this than just like money. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's like, I know Catherine loves to teach. She comes from a family of teachers. It's like, and she probably wouldn't say that that's a goal of hers, but me standing on the outside, I know that she's always happiest when she's doing that. And Don't so th- you tell my secrets. It's true. And so it's like, wouldn't it be nice? One of those big goals is to be able to write a book or to be able to go around the country and teach classes and be able to, to travel and do all of those things, but still have the team here working and doing and, and doing sales so that you can do these other things that you really enjoy. It's like there these these ideas are big and they're not things that can be accomplished tomorrow. But that's the whole point, right? Things that you can't accomplish in six months or this year. Now you can start once you have that big why, and we'll probably get into this. How you know you break those things down into the daily things, and it's like, how many calls do I need to make today? You know, and stuff. But yeah, there's a lot more to it than just like. um, Well, I just I have a a bunch of cars. Yeah, I know. I know. I just (laughs) I know that. I um I have this natural tendency to make things like you know like set a goal that's definitely a stretch that it's like I'm not even sure Mm. how I would do it you know yeah and almost to your detriment sometimes like I'll be like that's like (laughs) that you set a high goal and then you went three above that and then you went 10 above that it's like you're setting yourself up to not be able to attain that goal but can I give you an example sure okay and it's not really a goal but it's just an example of how my mind works so um uh we're we're hiring, right? And so um our buyer's agent post like reshared an a Facebook post about hiring with the team and kind of his sh- his story and experience with the team, which was awesome. And in it he shared that, you know, we're in the top um 200 in Orlando, which is huge because there's 24,000 agents so we're in oh you know the top one percent top point eight percent or whatever and that's that's awesome and and i wrote like you know commented back and i said uh next stop top 100 nope top 10 (laughs) well see i almost i said top 50 oh yeah but my my like the natural next step would have been 100 and i was like no that's not far enough top 50 and I do that all the time. And, and sometimes you're right. Like sometimes that can actually make me disappointed and frustrated because it's so far. And I don't mean that specific goal. Sure. It's not, that's not a set goal, but yes. it was just a comment on how I take it. And I'm like, mm, well, it's like, well, I want to do 300 sales this year. Yeah. And it's like, well, okay, let's pull it back. Maybe not this year, but that's a goal. Right. So see, you're already, she's already, (laughs) did you hear that the, her take that breath in because she was like, no, we can do that. (laughs) Well, so (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm stopping myself from saying, but it, it can be done, right? There's other people who are doing it. And so one of the things I love about Keller Williams and this book and, and everything about the, well, Keller Williams really is, is the idea that you can do and, and build whatever you want. And it's, it, there are people who've already done it and they have systems and models in place that have allowed them to do that. And so go find those systems and models, which by the way, is, this book is all about and, and do that. And that's actually the second thing is after you're thinking big and really thinking about your, um, <laughs> notifications going off cause my phone is on, oh. um, you th- think powered by a big why. And then the second thing is think big goals and models. And this was a quote from the book that just kind of resonated with me right now. And I'll explain why, but first I'll read the quote. It's the professional habits you build will either empower you or restrict you. Begin with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. And I think about that and in, in where I'm at and I think about you build habits um, and most of the time the habits that you build are unintentional. You just, you like, dep- you know, everybody has a different schedule of how they keep their day. And if you build hab- habits about time blocking, mm-hmm. then you'll naturally probably, probably be more efficient and you'll have a better kept schedule, which will allow you to do more business. Daily work, especially when you run your own business habit bad habits good habits doesn't matter they're formed it takes multiple steps to do something in a work day whatever that goal is multiple steps if there's no one showing you how to do it you're figuring it out on your own you're not setting those steps like like what you were just talking about you most people will take the path of least resistance for every single one of those steps. And at the end of the day, that by taking the least amount of, by taking the steps that have the least amount of resistance per step, you build that habit based off of those steps. And at the end of the day, those might not serve you and probably won't when you want to be productive. Because it was whatever was easiest for you at the time. For example, this isn't that we can talk about time management. For example, Catherine has a marketing degree. So when Catherine didn't know what she was doing, she spent all of her time doing marketing stuff. Path of least resistance. She understood it. She knew how it worked. That's what she focused on. What she should have been focusing on was lead generation. How right? dare you? So my that's one example. There are lots of examples of this, of I work better at night. I do this better. I do that better. And are you, you might not be having that out loud conversation with yourself. It's just natural for you to take the path of least resistance with every step along the way. And at the end of the day, you've been doing it for four years. Now you have all of these habits formed. Yeah. Some good, some bad. But they are all stemmed from the same thing versus models and and systems that have been set up that you should be doing this for this number of hours a day. You need to do this for this number of hours a day. This is how many calls. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I and and so when you first get started and you don't know what you're doing, you're building habits. You just don't yeah. know you are. Yeah, 
And so I didn't know about time blocking is a good example, I think, because it's a simple, like easy to understand habit that you can build. Yeah. Before you're so locked in that it hurts. Yeah. Because now all of a sudden you've never time blocked before and now you've been in the business for nine years and now you want to start time blocking. Well, that's going to hurt real bad. Yeah. For you because you didn't start time blocking right from the beginning. So these are those things are like think of begin with the end in mind and you may not know exactly what the end looks like, but think about it like this. If you want to run a successful business, go find what does a schedule look like mm-hmm. of a highly successful real estate agent? And what successful means to you. Maybe successful means to you 60 sales a year, right? Well, like yeah, that, go find, like, go find what when is, it says think big goals and right. our big models, big goals and big models, a model being this is a, a, a this is what successful people do mm-hmm. that you want to, you aspire to be like that. Mm-hmm. You aspire to have a business like theirs, then follow those models. Yeah. So if they're up at 8 a.m. lead you're, generating. You're up at 8 a.m. lead generating. And you take take the, and, and, and that's the best part is that this isn't from like one person saying you should do this. It's taken from thousands of people <laughs> that this is what, all of these people do these things. So it's been tested, mm-hmm. right? And and so you're well, that's not, what, you're that's not what watching a model some, is, some right? yeah. somebody else already did it and then it's been studied to be proven yeah. that you can just go do these same things, do it the same way, mm-hmm. and you'll have the same results. Right. It's not one person on YouTube saying, This is how you do it. This is how I did it. And it's like first you start with your Mother's real estate book. She was in the she was in the business for forty five years. Well, mom then, might have been a then good you get realtor. A lo- then, I don't know. That's what I mean. Then you get a loan of two hundred fifty thousand dollars from your father. That's what I did. <laughs> like you know what I mean? It's like you have these are these are like real. Um, she keeps checking her phone. It keeps I keep losing my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Anyway, okay. So what's number three? Okay, number three. We're gonna get through these. <laughs> Is think possibilities, which. It might sound a little bit like the first one, like think powered by a big why, but I think it's two different things. A big why is your your motivation, your personal internal drive, and think possibilities is about like believing that you can do the things that it requires to have that to achieve those big goals, like believing that you can you can be the person that does that. Mm-hmm. Like and and they I, I I skipped over these and I did because I think some of them are a little bit trite but like the the six misunderstandings in the the first part of the book Mm -hmm. um, one of them is um, well that can't be done in my market and so this is one of those this is kind of reiterating back to that is that you have to believe that you can do it I know that that sounds like right well so uh, simple and silly but yeah is somebody else doing it well, right. Somebody else is doing it, and and that not in my market. You telling me there isn't one person in your market. A lot that of does times, that? I think the opposite. I'm like, if that person can do it, seriously, I've got to be able to yeah. do this. I still think that to this day. Like, I'll yeah. think about certain people and be like, okay, well, if they can do it, yeah, <laughs> I do that all the time. Um, but uh, so one of the the quotes in this section is, and I might not be word for word, but although believing alone isn't enough. Not believing is enough to constitute complete sabotage before you even get started. Sure. 
Of course. I mean, that's, that's, it's, that's a hard one to overcome because that's, that's not anything that can be explained away. That is you working on yourself on a daily basis. There is no like answer to that. Yeah. Um, okay. And then, so number four, so you're, you've got big ideas, big drive, big goals, you're following big models and then it's think action. Mm-hmm. So one of the biggest things that people do, and I know because I've made the mistake myself, is that you you do all this preparation and you get you write it all your plans and you're excited about it and then you don't do anything. Mm. <laughs> so um, yeah, I said I put it in my notes. I've done this before, <laughs> and so you know if you find yourself like assembling everything you need to pursue success, but you keep like looking for more information instead of going out and doing something about it, then you're never going to achieve those goals. Nobody ever learned how to swim by reading a book. You got to get in the pool. You got to get in. Um, Did we take a break? I don't know what time it is. We can. Okay. Well, I've got one. Well, let me do one more. Okay. That was four, right? That was four. Yeah. Okay. Number five, think without fear. Mm -hmm. Easier said than done. Really, I think fear might be the biggest obstacle for a lot of people. Yeah. I had somebody once, and I don't think I said this last time, but maybe I did. Um, Last time, meaning the last episode. I, I had somebody on the team once and she was so afraid to make calls to people. Yeah. Did I say this? No. Like she would, she told me that she would like shake before she'd have to make phone calls. And I don't, I didn't get that. Not because I have not been fearful of making calls. So let me back up a second. She, um, she, she was calling Sphere. Well, hold on. So she was calling, not just Sphere, she was calling Sphere and then she was calling Buyer Leads. Oh, okay. But, we don't have like um, we don't have cold leads on right. the team. These are all people who have inquired about real estate to us. Yeah, we don't do and cold so calling. I cold. don't have a fear about calling people back. In fact, I would feel like I wasn't doing my job yeah. if I didn't answer their question. They, if if somebody inquires about a listing of ours, and I call, um. That's me doing a good job following up with them. It, and it doesn't have to be on a listing. It could be they came to an open house. So I feel like I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't follow up with them from that open house yeah. for various reasons. So no matter what it is, like they were always warm leads and she would just be terrified. And I don't know, like I kind of feel like that can be overcome. Of course it can. If you want to... If- you know who overcomes it? People that are successful. Well, because like, I think, well, that's the whole like point, right? Is the, that, the ones who can't overcome it get out of the business. So, <laughs> they, so they one can. of the things they talk about in this section is um, to flip your thinking. And what if the um, what if your biggest fear was actually not reaching your goal? Instead of I'm afraid of who's on the other line. Mm-hmm. What if instead I could think about? Well, I'm afraid to not reach the goal. I don't know. Like, I get that. I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm it's, just. It's, it's hard just... to do that. Like, to your, like, that, that's like tricking yourself. And it's like, it's like playing chess with yourself. Like, you, it's still you. Like, it, t- it takes a certain kind of person that can turn their brain off and flip the board around and play the other side. Like, well, that's, so if that doesn't real... work, if that doesn't work for you, 
then what's the alternative is to just build up a callus. Yes, that's what I was going to say. And just keep doing yeah. it. It's just like anything else. You're bad at it. It's like it's like the first time you get on stage to do a performance, um, you're nervous. Yeah. The first time you and by the time you're doing your fourth and fifth play and you're in your third week, you think there's nerves. For some people, there is, and they can never overcome it. Right. But for most people, they well, there's a they, couple things they get they get over it, and that's that's performing in front of a live studio audience, right? So, well, a couple diff- of things. So, if you can't trick yourself, which I actually do believe that some people can some pe- do that, some people can. But then the alternative is doing it so many times that it doesn't scare you anymore. Yes. Or even if it still does, um, the, and this isn't tricking yourself. This is where thinking with a big why comes into play Mm -hmm. is that it doesn't matter like you're going to push through the fear no matter what because you You want to yeah and and so that's not necessarily tricking yourself it's just reminding yourself yes repeatedly i'm picking up the phone and i'm not going to let this for sale by owner stop me from achieving my goal i don't know them why are they gonna why are they getting in the way yeah they're getting in the way i i do tell myself sometimes because and for people who can overcome that and do that and 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 build up that callus or trick themselves into into getting through it or any of those things, those are the people who become successful. Catherine's not a very outgoing person who is going to um, start up a conversation with somebody in the post office. And she like I've seen realtors do that. I've seen them pass out their business card in the post office talking to people mm-hmm. and stuff. And I'm like, that is not Catherine at all and stuff. But you don't have any problem doing that because you've built up calluses. Well, I don't of, talk to people in the post office. No, no, no. That's not what I mean. I just that's mean, a place where you mind your own business. Yeah, yeah. My point being is that person doesn't have any problem. Catherine was never the type of person who was going to go out of her way to start up a conversation about anything with anybody she didn't know. Like, that's not who she is. So when she had to start calling people, even her sphere at the beginning, she was nervous. And I think that was where we kind of came up with this idea of a callus of you do it over and over again. You build this callus up and then it doesn't hurt anymore. Right. And so and and she did. And now that's where she is. And now it's even hard to think about what that was like then. Can I tell you? Well, that's not 100 percent true. I still experience it sometimes. Um, Like currently. I would say I sometimes have a fear of like sometimes too much time passes. So we have a we have a 40 touch plan and there's quarterly calls. But um not all of those calls connect, right? So like sometimes I don't talk to people because they don't answer the phone. Mm-hmm. And then more time passes. And sometimes I can get more and more uncomfortable if you haven't talked to them for a long time. You're talking about people, past clients in Sphere, not yeah, not people, not leads. Right, 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 right. I'm just for the audience. Yeah, yeah. I pretty much 100% do not care about calling a lead that has called an right. inquired us. Like I do not care. I'm like, even if it's old, I'm like, I'm just doing you a favor, man. Yeah. I'm a good realtor. Well, see, that's <laughs> you had a real estate need. Yeah, but. It is. It's where you've worked with someone before. I'm just saying what I feel like right now. Yeah. Or like maybe it was somebody that I didn't work so directly with because once you have a team, like you start to Mm -hmm. have people that are still past clients that maybe actually worked more closely with 
a showing agent or a buyer agent. And why, that, and why then, would all of this not be the exact same thing that you just said about the lead? Well, which is I'm a, I'm a good realtor. And I'm just trying to help you out. Well, I think it comes from a, a place of like um, you. I feel you feel bad because, you know, you haven't talked to him for that long. And even though calls have, they, have been have made, they, have they called you? No, of course not. <laughs> all right, then. <laughs> but no, but just hear me out because I know people can re- resonate with this. Uh huh. Is that even though you've you've called, yeah, and even if you made all of the calls consistently, they may not remember that or know that. A lot of people don't check their voicemail. Mm-hmm. They're not going to remember. It's not their job to remember. It's your job to just keep calling. And so sometimes though, that you can look at that name and you're like, oh my god, I haven't talked to them in forever, and I've got to call them again, and they're not going to answer again. And 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 fear can creep in of like the uncomfortableness that will be when they answer the phone. And you're like, hey, do you remember me? I was your realtor like 10 years ago. <laughs> and then they're like, mm, not really. That's not true. They would never say that, first of all. Of course they would remember. But they no, had a pleasant experience, even if they haven't, even if you haven't talked to them. But sometimes, Pat, like, like, I'm being serious. Sometimes maybe you're letting they, that they, creep into your they head. worked with somebody else yeah. that is no longer on the team, probably not even real estate anymore, that... But they worked more closely with that person. Well, you know how we say all the time, so a lot of times we get questions from the web and we skip those, be- some of them, because they... Um, They're stupid. No, I'm just no. kidding. You keep sending in be- your questions. Because they... Um, the the what they're asking the advice they're asking on they had already made so many mistakes along the way it's like that, made a bunch of mistakes. no 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 that 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 we can't help you with this problem because your problem actually lies five steps ago mm-hmm. um you're talking about we'll just use this for an example these people that you might not have worked with directly somebody else did it would probably probably be easier for you to reach out now if you reached out then and made contact with them and made a connection with them so that when you reach out now it's easier to do but can i tell you something <laughs> say yes. you don't have to ask just say what you say so i hear what you're saying but i also i i have i can think like the rest of the steps we've already gone through so do i still make the call yeah i still make the call right because i remember what my goals are and I remember that I have to I have to take action. I believe that I and then I remind myself that I am awesome <laughs> and I can do this. Right. So you do make the call. <laughs> so you do the make the call. I don't not do it. I'm right. just saying that I it's not like if if you were going to have fear, that's where it would that's where it would be. And, and for you, if you're a newer agent listening to this, your fear might exist trying to call for sale by owner mm-hmm. or trying to call an expired because you're told like go call these people because they have a real estate need. And well, I'm just telling you that that doesn't go away; it just comes in different forms. Yeah. But you eventually get to a place where you have done it so many times of picking up the phone and making a call and and feeling uncomfortable yeah. that you're able to push through that. And then yeah. once you do a couple like that, I think it's the first, the first one of the day is always like, Ugh. Yeah. even if it's somebody you want to talk to, you're like, Oh yeah. <laughs> At least for me. Yeah. And then once you get on, and then you, then you you're do, on a roll. The, and stuff. Then that's why, by the way, this is unrelated to this topic, but um, I didn't say go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> that's why you're supposed to time block. Yeah. These things, because if you make two calls and then you go off and write an offer 
it's so much harder to start again. Yeah, I'll just and do so it you just won't do it. Yeah. You've got to just push through and I'll try to like say, okay, I'm going to make um, like 40 dials or something. set some sort of goal for like how many people I'm going to call before I'll take a break mm-hmm. to even go to the bathroom or something. Because if I don't, it's really hard to get back into that zone once you've overcome that fear and that hesitation in the first few minutes of yeah. the day. So time and, uh, the more experience, the more experience you have to um, you've experienced all those calls, you've experienced the hanging up on, you've experienced all those things. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really do anything. It doesn't do anything to you personally. You might get in your own head and mess with yourself and stuff, but does it really do anything? No, it doesn't. Can it doesn't hurt. You? It doesn't hurt you. It doesn't cost you money. It doesn't do any of those things. It's just this irrational fear in your head. Can I tell you something else? <laughs> just say it. You don't have to ask. <laughs> We're the only two here. <laughs> um, I was using that example because it literally happened to me yesterday where I went to pick up the phone to make my next dial and it is a past client of Think Little B team but they worked more directly with a showing agent that I had and and she kind of had transitioned to a buyer's agent um towards the end before she left the real estate industry and um uh so I did meet this person at the very end like I met them at their closing I think mm-hmm. but besides the fact that I had only met him for a minute um, and, and not, and had not really worked with them. He wasn't the main point of contact. It was the wife. Mm-hmm. So he didn't really know the other person either. Right. <laughs> so anyways, w- w- it would naturally feel a little bit uncomfortable. And so I had to talk myself into making the call. <laughs> and that, um, but they have been getting stuff. Yes. Like th- but- we send out. Of course. to these people, 40 touches. But uh, I haven't talked to him. Directly. And that was probably 2017, 16? Right. Possibly 16. And so I I, I talked myself into it. I made the call. I had a pleasant conversation. He answered the phone. Had a pleasant conversation. And he's considering selling. Right. Not right the second, but like in September when the tenant moves out. And so... When something like that happens, though, if if you push through the fear and you take action and you realize that that actually had a good outcome, mm-hmm. it makes it easier the next time. Sure. But you can only um, you can only have that those those end results of the those good moments where you're like, oh, I'm glad I made that phone call. Yeah. And now he'll remember me the next time. If you pick up the phone and do it, you the all, all everything happens in th- that action step. Mm-hmm. But you do have to have the drive and motivation. And what was motivating me was thinking about all the things and all the goals that we have. And I'm like, okay, well, I know, I know for a fact that this person has, they still own this property, and I know that it's currently being leased. Well, who might want to be a seller right now mm-hmm. with prices the way they are? Landlords. Yeah. Except for us, because we got a plan. But <laughs> right, are you still on hold? Yes. How many minutes have you been on hold? One hour, nine minutes. And you're they sent you to priority. Uh huh. Okay. And it, okay, I kind of want to tell a story real quick. Okay. I will at the end of this call. We're going to say who I'm on hold with. But so, I have tried to reach these people multiple times, 
and I'm all I'm always placed on hold and then I'll do the call back like I'll press one and then have them call me back mm-hmm. and then they'll call me when I'm busy right so today I did a little trick which I sometimes like to do this, we this is our our, ha- our life hack this is a we, life hack we do this all the time with all sorts of companies if you keep calling customer service and you can't get through to anyone you pick up the phone and you call and you dial extension for sales call call the they sales always answers the sales or billing department nope not billing. They don't answer because they think you might want to cancel your service oh, right, or right. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> if it's a sur- if that's the if that's the case, if it's something where it's a service that they're that's being provided like a monthly service. Life yeah. hack: If you need to talk to customer service, dial sales, whatever the extension for the sales department is. And by the way, they can't often help you. <laughs> But it makes you feel like you at least talked to someone. Yeah. And then, so I did. So I dialed sales today because I was like, I can't take this back and forth anymore. It's messing with my program. And so I I dialed sales. I talked to this guy. He was very apologetic. Mm -hmm. And then he said, let me put you through the priority line and I'll stay on the line with you. And if it doesn't connect after a few minutes, I'll come back on. And so he did. He did do that. And then he came back on and he's like, I don't know why they're not answering. And I'm like, well, nobody ever answers. And he's like, let me try. Let me try another number. Um, and if you've got a few more minutes. And so I said, OK. And he's like, OK, I'll, I'll be back if I don't. And then this is where I've been. So he hasn't been <laughs> he back. He hasn't been back. He got out of work. <laughs> he clocked out. He clocked out. He's out of here. So anyway, so let's take a break. All right. Let's take a quick break. <laughs> Catherine will sit on hold during the break and then uh, we'll be back. The Think Live B team is an Orlando-based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks. We operate as a boutique-style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. Think Live B is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail-oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinklivebee.com. And we're back. Okay, so coincidentally, the next one actually kind of ties into what we were talking about naturally. Okay. Naturally. <laughs> what is that from? Naturally. God, what is that from? <laughs> Our okay. Listeners are going, ah. I'm, I'm sure it's Parks and Rec or something. Yeah, I don't think it is. Well, we'll figure that out. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's, it's Think Progress. And... So obviously, the more you try, the better you are at succeeding. Oh, yeah. And so we were kind of talking about that, like, you can only get those good results by continuing to try. Mm -hmm. And instead of just saying, well, I'll just skip this person. Yeah, well, and it's also, and also, it's like, it's a way to, on a uh, micro level, keep moving along your number one big goal thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. There's um. So there's a story in the in the book that I I really like. Um. Well, it's like a um. I I guess it's a study. On it's page eighty eight. If you've got the same type of copy book that I have. Um. And it's basically these ceramics teachers divided a class into two different groups. Oh, yeah, and I know, I know this one. You know this, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, one one of the groups would be graded solely on quantity and the other would be graded solely on quality. 
and the grading criteria was was pretty simple. It was the group graded on quality would produce one pot and it needed to be perfect to get an A. And the quantity would have to have all their pots weighed. And if they produced 50 pounds of pots, they got an A. And so what's interesting about the study and why I really like it so much is because um, you would, I, I think most people on initial glance would think that the quality group made the better one. But it was actually the quantity group that made the more perfect pot. Because why? Because they tested, because they had to make so many of them to get 50 pounds that in that process of making pot after pot after pot, they actually made a better quality product than the people who who sat down and focused on how can I make the perfect pot, right. but never actually attempted to make one. Yeah. And so if you think about that in, in terms of real estate, that's that whole thing where you sit down and you prepare and you prepare and you prepare it, but never take action. Well, you're never going to get better. Right. And stop spending so much time figuring out how you're going to do your listing presentation and go do some listing presentations. Yeah. Start making calls, set appointments, and then go. And then you will figure out the rest of it along the way. I think that took me a little while to figure out. And probably I read this book and I was like, mm, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but because I, I was one of those people, because I'm a student, I like to learn. So it's fun to go and learn how to do everything correctly. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, and, and this is what I, I now, having been doing this for so long and having a team and, and training people, is that I can't train and teach you everything. Yeah, It's impossible. You have to learn through experience, but now you've got to be a quick learner, right? You've got to be able to pick up and understand through your previous experience how to apply the next thing and right. and, and, and everything. But you can't possibly be an expert in something if you've never actually done it yeah no No. matter how many books you read you're never going to be you might know you might know a bunch about it it's like a film critic a film critic might be able to tell you everything about the film how it's put together all of the what the what the the main themes are all how how uh qualified the actors were all of those things if you say, okay, film critic, go write and produce and direct a movie, well, why don't you star in it too? They're not going to be able to do that, mm-hmm. right? Even though they know all of those things. And it's like, so what happens is, is you end up with a brand new agent or you hire a brand new agent on the team or somebody who's listening is a brand new agent. It's like, well, you wanna, you're trying to learn how to be the best actor, best director, best producer, best writer without actually doing any of it. You're going to go take a bunch of classes, not do any of it. Just I'm going to learn everything first before I get into it. And that's what happens with agents is they want to know everything first before I feel so I feel comfortable. And it's like there's too much. There's too much. The only way you can do it is through experience. And then you take that experience and you use it to make the next decision. And then you take that experience and use it to make the next decision. And before you know it, it's been 10 years and you know everything. You know what? Um, I you think you got to get in there. I, I hear I hear and I know I've said a lot of times. When you come into new training is like go go out and and get a buyer and then I'll show you how to write a contract. Right. 
Like I, w- I want you to go and have, yeah, like have something to work with because you'll actually retain the information better too. Of course, it's like then rather than working with sample deals, yeah, like it's not, work. it's yeah. not the same. No, Catherine always makes them go out and get. We're not going to talk about buyer consultations, or maybe that's not the right right thing. We're not going to talk about inspections until you have a buyer who's getting ready to do inspections. We're not going to, you're not going, we're not going to sit and teach you all of the stuff beforehand because you don't need to know it because you can't, you're going to forget it anyway and it's not going to be applied. So one, one of my, I'm going to say one more thing about, um, think progress. One of my favorite questions. So in the, the hiring process, um, if you're not a Keller Williams agent, we have a, a, a class and a training and a model for hiring and it's called career visioning. And there's a series of questions that you do during the interview process. And if you just follow the model, like it's, it's a system for hiring essentially. And one of the questions, which is my favorite question to ask, to ask and okay, I'm just going to say, so it. any listeners out there that haven't joined the team yet <laughs> and you're doing your, you're in your stalking and doing research, <laughs> be prepared for this question. Is that what you're saying? Sure. Okay. Um, but it says, how long are you willing to fail before you succeed at a task mm-hmm. or something. I don't know if it says task, but, um, and sometimes that trips people up cause it's like, I don't understand like how long am I willing to fail? What's the task? And what is, and people will say, well, it depends. Mm-hmm. And what I'm trying to get at is how long are you willing to try before you get it? And it sort of goes back to this, the, the, the pot example is like they they had to just make 50 pounds. That was that was it. But in making 50 pounds, they actually perfected their pot. And if agents would come in with this mindset of I'm going to just think about progress. If I just could move forward and progress just a little a little bit every day and just do that, by the end of that 30, 60, 90, which is the training period, you would be exactly where you need to be to right. be on track for success. So as you say because I the progress be willing, is built in there. Yeah. Depending on what the depending on what the goal was that I failed at, if I was learning as I went so that I didn't fail, so that eventually I didn't. But what I would hate to do is whatever it is that you you're talking about is to fail and then do it again and fail and do it again and fail and not learn anything in the process then it wouldn't take me long to quit forever. But you but would always I'm, be learning. Right. But that's, or you should be. Right. But that's your answer. That's the answer. It's like I could fail over and over and over again. But as long as I'm seeing improvement and that I'm getting better at it, then eventually I'll get it. You know what is so disappointing though? So I hear what you're saying. And I, I think the problem is that when when people come on, sometimes they are making improvements but they don't they don't see it or yeah. they internally how many people have gotten so close for every for them to just be rolling in clients and have just dropped out of the business yeah, you like can 5 see, minutes before you can before. see it happening they you're can't like see oh it. you're so close you're so close i can see your pipeline building and then before right before the, that those things start to turn into sales they give up mm-hmm. because and they they couldn't they they quit yeah well it was that they it didn't 
didn't they couldn't hold on long enough right and so well and there's various reasons for that but i i always look back at their answer and i'm like liar (laughs) (laughs) because people will say like when they kind of get what what you're trying to get at they will say like you know oh well years like this is all i care about you know and i just i'll do anything to succeed really they mean about 87 days (laughs) yeah (laughs) That's really where they're at. But anyways, if you can, you know, even as I sit here, you know, going on my 17th year um, in the business, every day I'm progressing towards that bigger goal. And every day I still wake up with the same, you know, fear. It's just easier to get through. Yeah. I, I, and, and it's, um, it's not... I shouldn't say it's easier to get through. That sounds like every day is like terrible, but I'm just pushing through. <laughs> but I just mean it becomes less and less important and the goal becomes more and more important. Yeah. And your overall big why is is so clear to you after thinking about it and practicing and writing down goals and 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 doing all this over and over and over again and trying and trying something different and trying harder and all those things lead you to progress. And if you can just realize that that's what's happening, <laughs> it's, yeah. like we talked about, remote, like look backwards every now and then instead of only looking forward, it makes it a little bit easier. Um, okay. The next one is think competitively and strategically. This one, um, I think I, I feel like I always kind of did that because when I was in, um, college I got a degree in marketing and so in business school marketing is a business degree (laughs) and in business school you have to do a SWOT analysis Mm -hmm. do you remember what that stands for no I do I'm sure but I don't remember now okay it's um strengths weaknesses opportunities and threats Mm -hmm. and you'd have to do a SWOT analysis about whatever business example you know you were working on and so when I did my first business plan for real estate. I did a SWOT analysis. Mm-hmm. And I remember I took this to my broker or maybe it was like the team manager or whatever, or like the office manager. And they were like, what is this thing? What is this? Because now I've learned that like, okay, really a business plan could be like a simple one page pl- plan. It doesn't have to be this, this lengthy document that I prepared but I thought I was so smart. I was like, oh, here's the strengths of, of me right. and my real estate business. And here's my weaknesses. And here's the opportunities in the market in the area. Like, yeah, and throw that, all that away. You just need to make calls. <laughs> just make calls. Just start pick, pick up the phone and, then it was like, and at start the end, dialing. Uh, at the end of all of it, it was like, and then like, where's your, like, who are you calling? Like, what's your lead generation plan? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, point being that to some degree, though, you have to like be in competition with someone it can it, I guess it can be yourself and just competing to to be your best and everything but it does help to sort of think competitively and strategically about those things even if you don't do a whole SWOT analysis well it comes into like what we were talking about obviously you can look at other people I hate doing that because that puts you like there's always people that are going to be better. There's always people going to be worse. I, I don't like doing that. But what you a good way that you could look at that is farming. Don't just farm a neighborhood. You got to look and see, is anyone else farming this neighborhood? Does anyone else own it? Right? You can't just 
go and and uh, you know what I mean? Like like I know that you have you have a neighborhood that you've been farming for years and years and years because there was no competition in that neighborhood. You slowly over the years have kind of expanded that out, but not just willy nilly, not just like I'm going to do this. It's like you had to look at what your competition was doing, where they were. Are they there? If they are there, how much of it do they have? Is this make a good, is this a good decision to do this? Yeah. And stuff. Um, well, yeah, it's, it's thinking, well, in that example, it's thinking strategically. Yeah. And how. That's what I mean, though, that it's not, the, it's not because it's real easy to read that and go, that person's doing better than me. I want to be like that. <laughs> Right. Well, like, I love I love what they they kind of explain above your examples is is good. Like always be thinking strategically about where you're spending your time and how you're running your business and what else is going on in your competition. There is competition no matter what. And another simple one is try to go last during a listing during listing appointments when there's <laughs> it's more funny than that. You were saying that I just had this conversation with someone today oh, about really? being last. Um, these are all these are all things these are all but think look looking at stuff through those lenses before you just say yes or just make a decision to do something well and and yeah like think through things with strategy not just this sounds like a good idea and they go a little bit further the like a little bit more big picture on it i just lost my notes they're there um and they kind of say like thinking it's a little bit more thinking outside the box stuff too where like doing something that's never been done before and this is why I say big picture and like a normal person would say can can we do that <laughs> right? right yeah and the uh, the person who's thinking competitively and strategically would say why did someone say we couldn't why not yeah that's what it is. or yeah, why, not? why not <laughs> right and so just just that that example I can I can think of a couple different things um, they give an example about the first curveball that was ever thrown mm-hmm. in baseball. And it's like, there were no rules against it. Right. But it's just never been done before. Well, it's like having a real estate team. Right. Like, can whoever, you do that? Whoever started. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> whoever started. That, and actually, I can think of like, um, now there are uh, bigger platforms. And I'm not going to name any names because I'm not trying to promote anybody. Um, but there's big platforms that you can join and be a part of that are not they're not brokerages they're just a platform for business and like they're combining resources and tools and knowledge and information and you can just go kind of plug into that business model and run your own team through that but it's not a brokerage right and so when that started happening i think probably a lot of people were like what is this can these people do this don't they have to be a brokerage and those guys who run run those things, the the few that I'm thinking of, yeah, they're they're they are big thinkers in our industry, and they came up with an idea that no one had ever done before. But you're calling about what you're talking about is disrupting. Yeah, and and you're look, we're talking about um, big big stuff, but it can be as small and and simple as how are you going to stri- to strategically do a farm like where would you choose to do that your example Mm -hmm. is is more like a basic thing that you need to think strategically and competitively about and um and then the listing one too that's a good example is like 
if you're if you're running into the same like let's say you go on a listing appointment and you find out that you're competing with the same person every time this never happened to me but I just thought of it if you're competing with the same person over and over it might benefit you to like take a look at their like what their website says or what right. they're offering like or at the same brokerage right the same this small brokerage every single time i go in for an appointment or go in they're always this is always coming up they end up with with them and stuff i, I let me figure out what's going on over there yeah so next one think standards okay This is another example of like the habit thing. Every day you're setting standards and expectations with clients. Even if you don't have a a team that you're setting, like here's our standards. You're doing it unintentionally, even if you don't specifically have any. And so really think about what you want your standards to be with clients and with team members. Because when you do start hiring people, Everybody has to, everybody has to live up to the same standards and, and you really have to enforce it from the beginning because it's hard to go backwards and say like, um, Hey, I know you haven't been doing this, but you said you were going to, (laughs) this was a part of the standards that we agreed to when I hired you, but you're not actually doing it. So what's the deal? Right. Well, if you're not enforcing it, then that's not your standard anymore right right so you really have to think through that um here some things that these are things that I did as a single agent and then it became standards that I expect from the team and it's um doing what we say we will do in the time promised it's not just a standard it's something that I I say regularly like it's been a um internal everybody everybody it wasn't something that was mentioned on the same on the same page as what the dress code was and then never addressed again it's something that's said all the time so that it gets beaten into the yeah and actually head i feel like i haven't important. said it recently and i need to start well, i need to like make sure i'm saying it but that's kind of happens when you have people that are with you for a while you might forget to reinforce um not reinforce, but like make sure that everybody remembers. Somebody told me not that long ago, I think it was at family reunion this year or something that people forget their job duties every 90 days. <laughs> and I think to some degree that's true. And so you have to just constantly be reiterating what's most important about the standards that, that you guys have. Um, so another thing that I just always did because I thought that it was important was that no one goes to sleep wondering about an offer. So if somebody made an offer with me, um, I wrote up an offer for them, let's say this morning and I say, okay, great. I got the offer. I'm going to get it presented. And this is at 10 AM. Well, I'd be lead generating, but you get my point. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to let the rest of the day go by and not hit them again with some sort of touch. Even if I don't have a response from the offer, I will not let them go to sleep wondering what's going on. Right. So the last thing I'm going to do for that day is send them either a text or if I do have information, I'll call them. But if I don't, I'm at least going to hit them with a text or an email and tell them, hey, I haven't heard back yet. The seller was going to review it tonight. We should hear something in the morning. That way they can go to sleep and know that I didn't just submit it and then forget about them. Yeah. And that's good. You have to pass that along to 
everyone else on the team so that whether it's a transaction coordinator or an age buyer's agent or or whatever that they're 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 following that same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And um yeah, I can't I don't think I can reiterate enough how much like standards matter and you'll you'll build your own as a single agent but then making sure that voice writing them down is really important mm-hmm. because it forces you to just like anything else. I know, I know what they are. I know what they are sit down write them down it'll make it uh that much clearer and really allow you to kind of think past just the first idea yeah you know and really kind of flush it out flush it out a lot more and stuff and those will be used down the road because just because you hired somebody and you like the cut of their jib doesn't mean that they're going to do things the way that you do things you are going to have to teach them to do them your way and this is the start of that yeah um, another thing, I guess I'll just, I'll say this now, cause I think this kind of falls into standards is like, let's say you have a, a unit number standard for your team. Well, cause a lot of teams do, let's say you hire a buyer's agent, there's a minimum number of units that they have to do. And that should be, that should be really thought through because I think sometimes like, I think your tendency might be to think like, what's realistic or what's reasonable instead of thinking strategically what makes sense financially right to have people here how now you've got to give how a, much is this person costing me because my time is worth money how much for me to train and do all of that and then keep them on the team and what is this going to how many sales do they need to make on their own in order to pay for themselves to for me to just break even so right? um which I don't think people do when they make that first hire. Well, you may not even have know. like, and especially like I, I don't know for sure, but I think sometimes larger teams may not have a minimum standard. Right. Because if it's they quantity, did, not quality. Because if they did, I don't think they would have as many people. Yeah. I don't know. Like it just. You throw a bunch of mud at the wall and the ones who survive, survive. And the ones and who don't. And that's fine. Don't. Like. That's how a big is, team operates. There's nothing wrong with with that. That's no. a, that's just a business model. Yeah. Of absolutely not. Yeah. Of um, you you want to grow really big? Well, hire a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm just saying, like, I think beginning with the end in mind, think about because what I what I will tell you from experience is the the messy middle part is. It can really drain you financially if you're not careful. Yeah. Because you want you want to see people succeed and you want to help them. And so you might end up giving up business that you would have secured whether it's whether it's leads to convert or it's physically people that you know or that are referrals to you that you hand to somebody else and you're you're giving away business and money for your own livelihood because you want to help someone succeed and you just have to be really careful about those things because yeah. Um, yeah, you have to there do- has to be a minimum standard to stay on the team or it doesn't make financial sense. Right. It really doesn't. And unless you have 50 plus people, because then the the cost is spread out over oh, all and, these people, right? And by the way, that you start doing that kind of a thing, that kicks it back to whatever number two or three was about habit forming. Yeah. You start handing those out. They're going to expect it. 
They're yeah. going to start expecting it. Without, yeah, definitely. I've know, dealt with so. entitled situations before. Yeah. And, and so that was, that was a standard. A good learning that I, experience. It, it was, I look back on it now and say it was learning experience. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you, you do, you set the standard. And if that's the standard you set, well, that's what's expected. Yeah. Um, and the same goes for clients. Absolutely. Like if you, and, and I actually have been thinking about this. <laughs> like if everybody isn't keeping the same hours, then it actually creates a problem. So just give, I'll give you a, a big picture example. This isn't specifically within, within our, our team, but if let's say you've got buyer's agents and they uh, are responding to email and phone calls at 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock in the morning, I should say, because they, like you said, they work better at night. I get stuff done, right? You, they are setting a standard that our services are 24 seven apparently. And the problem with that is that they're working with that person as a buyer. Well, that's not the standard for the team. And what happens when the buyer then wants to sell their house with our team in the future? Well, they have an expectation that isn't realistic right? because the listing agent doesn't, isn't up at 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock. You. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just using no, know, it, know, a, an example of like yes, of course. I mean, it makes perfect. You're making perfect sense. The 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 standards are so important because they need to be duplicatable. They need to be what everybody is experiencing, not just this client's getting this treatment, somebody else is getting this treatment. So I don't know. I feel like I'm really stuck on this, but I I think it's really important and stuff that I didn't think about as a single agent. Right. That's what I was just going to say is the conversation that we're having about these, about all of these different numbers, these nine numbers is a totally different conversation than we had 10 years ago about these nine numbers Yeah, because they mean totally different things. Yep. Now. Um, Okay. And then the last one is think service, which is a little bit what we were just talking about with the phone, phone calls to clients, but um, service is more about like what, what, are the things that we do? What's the service that we provide and why is it different than any other real estate agent? And so this section of the book, like I think this should be revisited like every year because it talks about what's your unique value proposition. And that, that might change over time. Like you could, um, well, for example, as a single agent, my unique value proposition might be that, um, I don't have any clients. <laughs> and so you will be my main focus, right? You hear it, young agents say that. I got nothing else going on. <laughs> so, so that's it. Okay, right. Like I've got I've got all the time in the world uh-huh. to focus on just you, okay? And then as as a team, your unique value proposition might be we, we have, have people in have, every position to be able to help you. And they're specialists. And they're specialists. In that right. specific thing. I have an experienced transaction coordinator who, all they do all they do that's all they do and i used to say um we have a different transaction coordinator now that's in-house but when we had our third party tc but she was my the same one yeah you only use the same person yeah she was my transaction coordinator for probably i don't know five or six years yeah probably and so i would tell people like the she has she's done more deals because think about it, she was doing yeah you know a couple hundred deals a year working for multiple agents yeah. 
over all of her career. I was like, she's done more deals than I actually have from uh, contract to close. She is a specialist in transaction coordination and making sure you get to closing on time and, and smooth and simple. So that's a value proposition. I have this awesome person who's going to help us behind the scenes get all this stuff done on time and smooth. And so in the book, though, because you might be like, well, I don't know what my unique value proposition is. And why would someone hire me over anybody else? <laughs> um, in the book on page 95, um, it's it gives you the top 10 service areas of a seller and the top 10 service areas of a buyer. So what I would say is like, I would recommend if you don't have, you know, kind of an idea of why someone should hire you over someone else's go look through those and customize them and, and look, look through and say like, okay, obviously we all do these things like, right. Um, a needs analysis to figure out what buyers wants and needs are. We all do some version of that. What makes yours special and unique? And then um, on the sellers, uh, there's there's ten of them, right? But like on the seller side, we don't have time to go through all. Those. No, 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 we're not we're, we're not going to. Okay. But on the seller side, um, a marketing strategy. What makes you good at marketing? Like, why would somebody think I'm going to hire this person? Well, my unique value proposition was always that I actually have a degree in marketing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually know what marketing is, and I'll do a custom marketing plan for your unique house because every house is different. And so I'm gonna create a targeted plan for buyers who would actually wanna buy your house at this price point. That's a unique value proposition. Right. Why am I, and then why am I qualified to do it, right? So thinking about the service you're providing and what makes you uniquely qualified for that, whatever it means for you, because everybody's different, and, and make sure you can articulate that to customers from day one. To have something, even if it's just to start out with, like yeah, it'll evolve. a simple little thing. It'll evolve. Catherine can use 17 years experience, right? Yeah, top now two, one of top my- Top 200 in, in Central Florida. So that's something she can use now that she couldn't use before. So yeah. it'll evolve. That's yeah. why you revisit the book. Yes, I love this book. Right. Okay, so wait, let me tell you. Okay. Okay, those are, the, those are the top, or those are the nine ways to think like a millionaire real estate agent. So if you're following along with our book club, um, I'm going to, I've already kind of gotten a little bit ahead, but I'm going to go over um, page 97. (laughs) Most people aren't listening to the uh, page numbers. What's the subject? Okay. (laughs) Well, I was going to say the subject too, but it's, I wanted to say the pages in case you legitimately have the, the book. Page 97 through 117. So it's not a very big section, but it's... There's a lot to talk about. Some important things. The three L's of a millionaire real estate agent. So these are the three most important things that any agent who wants to grow a big business should focus on. Okay. And then um, the eight goal categories. So like... No, we'll talk about it next week. No, 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 I know. I was just going to say, like, so the things that you need to know and have goals around... Uh You want to get into it? I don't you want do. To get into it. I don't. We've I been don't. Go- we've been going for almost an hour and a half here. Oh my gosh, are you serious? Yes. Well, can I just tell you? Yeah, I was going to ask you. Are you still on hold? Okay. What's it say on your on your phone? How long have you been on hold? One hour and forty six minutes. I've been on hold with Realtor.com customer service. I'm going to hang up now. 
That's insane. Almost yeah. two hours I've been on hold. So realtor.com, you're on notice. We have we have proof here. So if you guys want to um, tweet at them this <laughs> episode. Me, can I just tell you? like, Say, get, get your S together. <laughs> Let me just tell you that the reason I'm on hold is is um, we we pay for Realtor.com leads, and I we got married, Patrick and I got married, and and then we went on a little mini honeymoon, and during that time, my credit card expired, and so the service like I was getting notifications, and so I I've I've been trying to reach them, because what happened was I updated the credit card, and my subscription was canceled. And so I've been trying to reach them for weeks and then they'll call me back because I'll do the Q thing. And then you think they want their they'd want your money like they know that. Well, you call the sales department and they answer. And that guy was willing to sell me some new ads, by the way. He's like, I mean, I can look and see what's available. And I'm like, no, I want back what I had. (laughs) But listen, um. I don't, I'm not here to bash them. I'll bash them next week when I still haven't figured right. this well, out and well, resolved this. This, is a, this will be a, the ongoing saga of Realtor.com. <laughs> we will find out what happens next week. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the question you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Questions from the Question for the web. This is probably not the question to ask on such a long episode because I know this could almost be an entire app all by itself. So we're, we're going to keep this simple. Simple. One one word answer. Well, <laughs> okay. Simple. What is the outline of your listing presentation? Do you follow a script with structure going topic by topic? How long are your listing presentations on average? Oh, God, Pat, that is too big of a question. Well, I didn't know we were doing this until we did this, (laughs) and this is the question that I had pulled. I didn't have time to pull Okay, I'll keep it simple. How long are they? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to answer that question, and then we we can get into all the rest later. Okay. Um, They are about 45 minutes to an hour. Um, They used to be a lot longer, and I've, I've cut it down. And I do follow an outline to hit specific points. And we can talk about that some other time because we're out of time. Okay. <laughs> small win. Cat, what's your small win this week? Okay, my small win is that cheeseburger that you made for me. <laughs> that was a big win. So, Pat, we, we got a, um, a, what is it, a big green egg? Yeah. A grill for as a as a wedding gift from someone and um he's used it a couple times and was it Monday or Sunday? Monday. No, that last night was Monday. Sunday. <laughs> I don't know what day it is. We might be Sun- wrong. It was Sunday. <laughs> okay. Um Sunday. He made me this delicious cheeseburger. It was like so delicious I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> and so that's my small win. Yeah. Is a delicious meal. It's a there's a big learning curve with that grill, and it's way too expensive to buy your, yourself. Like Just I, I don't, for it I don't, I don't, I don't grill out that much. I've got a, a grill pan that I like to use. That's a, a, a one of the lodge cast iron grill pans that I've had for 15 years and seasoned awesome. And but there is something about that smoke with the hickory wood and stuff in there. So mm. yeah, 
very, very good. And my small win is now that we're back, back from the wedding, back from doing all of the stuff around this house, I finally got back to the rental property yesterday and today. And um, wasn't that bad over there. This, this <laughs> is our newest, yeah. This is our newest rental that we bought. It's three units. They all needed a ton of work. And we got, you know, yeah. kind of put off track with the wedding and stuff and i'm like you gotta get back over i gotta there. get back over there i gotta get that rented i know so we are um yeah it's uh I, I got a bunch done today so it looks looks really nice i'm excited about that hey guys remember to rate and view, review us on itunes it really helps new listeners to find us send your questions from the web to on seeking the best at gmail.com all info is in the show notes including how to send us a voicemail and for cat myself thanks for listening and we'll figure this all out next week This has been a Think Live Be production.